0: What's your name? And he said, Jesus. I'm not kidding. <laughs> We've never had a Jesus before <laughs> come to the shop. I mean, he right after I was still showing him the slip, that guy comes in. That's awesome. He said, Jesus. Yeah. So, and I said, Frank, we were both kind of like laughing about it a little bit. We go, we go, honey, I just got the balance. Did you notice that just now? I said, and Jesus
1: shows up. Jesus shows up. <laughs> he walks into the room, amen? God is so faithful. I want, to, uh, I want to pray over our tithes and offerings here and then get into, the, into today's message. Um, before we do that, I just want to uh, just let you guys know, God has just been so good He has been so good financially, you know, we just, every bill paid in Jesus' name, and he is working and he is moving in our lives. Uh, There's a lot of ways to give, or there's a lot of ways you can give. You can give online, uh, on our website, just go to our website, you can give. You can also text uh, to the number 84321, any dollar amount, easy to remember, 84321. Uh, and then if uh, you did bring an offering and you didn't get it up here yet, there's a box in the back when you leave. Uh, but that's all I need to say about it, because God is faithful. He does the work, and we're just, we're just here. It's all his anyway, amen? Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your faithfulness in our finances, in our lives, in our businesses, in our church, in our families, in every way, shape, and form, Father. Lord, we just invite you into this place, invite you into our finances, we invite you into our lives this morning, and Father, as we listen to your word and what you have to say to us, Lord, we invite you into our hearts, that our ears will be open, our eyes will be open to see what you have for us this morning, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay, open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We're doing a series right now in 1 John, we've been kind of walking through Scripture by Scripture, uh, through the book of 1 John, we're now in chapter 2, and we're in verse 18, is where we kind of left off the last time we were talking. I'm going to read verse 19, or 18, uh, then I'm going to stop for a few minutes, and we're going to pick it back up in verse 20, uh, and go a little bit further, but I just really feel like the Lord has something for us this morning here. So let me read this passage of Scripture, and then we'll, we'll get into it. It says this, little children, little children. And if you remember from last week, I'm already stopping, sorry. If you remember from last week, we talked about when we invite Jesus into our life, we are part of God's family. We are part of his family. It's a fam- There's benefits being part of the family. The number one thing being is that God is our father. And he speaks to us, and he loves us, and he cares for us. And it's amazing to have him as our father. So it says, little children, in the last hour in the last days in the coming times as you have heard that the antichrist is coming it so says look at that big a big a antichrist is coming even now many many antichrists small a have come by which we know, which we know that it's the last hour so what this is basically saying is is that there is going to be antichrists that come, that they already have come, and eventually at some point the big A antichrist will show up. It's all, I mean, it's in the Bible. Like, we don't make this stuff up. We're not, you know, like negative people or whatever, or doomsday or Armageddon type people. We're just saying what the Bible says, okay? The Bible says this stuff will play out, and it will play out. So, verse 19 says, they went out from us, which is a little bit scary. Uh, We'll talk about that here in a minute. But they were not of us. For they had been of us, if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. And so I think a lot of times we talk about, you know, the end. we we did a whole series on the end times and stuff that's going to happen... And I think we we begin to get all this understanding. We hear all this stuff out there of stuff. This is going to happen. And that's going to happen. And this prophetic person said this was going to happen. And these prophetic people said this was going to happen. And I believe we have to be very, very careful. We have to be very, very careful of what we're listening to and how we're listening to it. Because if it's not in the word of God... We need to take a hard, hard look and say, hmm, you know, do one of those, hmm, if it's not in the word of God. The Bible says this in Matthew 19, and here's what I want, I want to give some hope this morning, because it feels like we're in last days and whatever that means, we're one day closer to Jesus coming back today than we were yesterday, right? We get that, like time is time and it's moving forward and we can't stop it. Matthew 19, 28 says this And so Jesus said to them, Assuredly I say to you, that in the regeneration, or the renewal of all things, or the restoration of all things, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. I think you know this all this talk about the end of the times and the end of the world and all this stuff. What we need to keep our eyes focused we've been talking about this this week I know Andy and I've been talking about it as well. We have to keep our eyes focused on his kingdom. His kingdom Not this kingdom. If your hope this morning is in anything else but Jesus' return and his ultimate kingdom and eternity with him, you will be disappointed. It's like, man, so often we get ourselves spun around and I, I put my hope in my job. You know, if I just... How many of you have said this? If I can just get that new job. Come on, I've said it. Right? If I just get that promotion... If I just get that raise, if I just marry that person, if I just have this relationship here, if I just if I just and that's really we're putting our hope. It's okay to be excited about things. So it's, oh, it's exciting to get married. It's exciting to do these things. But in the end of the day if our hope resides there, we will ultimately be disappointed. So what we have to remember as those who have accepted Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that our eyes need to be on the kingdom of Jesus Christ and his return and his kingdom. And we need to be what we'll call kingdom mindset. Because if we just read Little Children, we're part of his kingdom. We're part of his family. And we need to understand that that is where we need to keep our eyes on. I think it was uh, in that book that uh, we were reading, it says that we would be the happiest people in the world if we could keep our eyes on that which says if we're not the happiest people in the world, it means our eyes are not focused on that. And so we just have to keep our eyes focused on that because, you know what, little, anti, little A antichrists have been around, the big A antichrist, I'm not naming names, uh, you know, will be showing up at some point in time, but we don't have to worry about it because God is for us. He is with us. And we keep our eyes focused on the future. Amen? Okay, verse 20. Here's really what I want to talk about this one. It's interesting, when you walk through a whole book of the Bible, I think I've said this before, you have to address certain passages of Scripture that you kind of like to just skip over other times. Like, yeah, I don't want to talk about Antichrist and the times, you know? But you've got to talk about this thing. So verse 20, I want you to look at this. Oh, before I say something, I want to say, some, I want to say one other thing about that. If you're concerned about Certain things that are happening in this world, you're concerned about counterfeits, you're concerned about all kinds of things, well, I don't know if that person's preaching the right thing, I don't know if this person's doing the right thing, I don't know what's going on, all these things. You had said it before. The quickest way, you know how they teach someone to spot a counterfeit? Yeah, you study the real thing. You you know, they teach you to look at the honest-to-goodness real $20 bill and you study that and you feel it and you get a sense to know it and understand it. So as, as long as your eyes are focused on Jesus and you're studying him and what he's doing, not what someone else is doing, but what, what is Jesus doing in my life and the word of God and the scriptures, the more you study that, the more your eyes are on the real thing, the quicker you spot the counterfeit. Because as soon as you see the counterfeit, you'll be like ah, that's not the real thing. That's not the real thing. Let's keep our eyes focused on Jesus, amen? All right, verse 20. Here's some more promises about being in God's family that I absolutely love. Verse 20, but you, you have an anointing. You have an anointing. Church, you have an anointing. When you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the anointing is on you. You have it. You have it. It's an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Like, we're just going to stop there. We're going we're to talk about this here, like, this morning. Come on. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Verse 21 says, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. You know it because of the anointing, because of God inside of you. And there is no that, that no lie is of the truth. I absolutely love this passage. So the anointing. What is the anointing? The word in there is, is, is charisma, really is what the, what the word says. Uh, if you look at the original text, I want to define it a little bit. It means a special endowment. A special endowment. If you have accepted Jesus Christ, you have a special endowment. You know what an endowment does? You know what an endowment does? Anyone know what an endowment does? It takes care of you for life. An endowment fund at our school or at Grove City, what it is, is this large sum of money that you can draw on, but it keeps on growing and getting bigger that takes care of everything else that you need. Do you know that you have that? We have it. Sometimes, even me, I walk around like I don't have it. Oh, the words coming out of my mouth, the things I'm saying. You know, oh my goodness, right? Whoa, it's me. But I have to remember, we have to remember the anointing, the special endowment to do the life that God has given you resides on the inside of you. It resides on the inside of you. We have to say it right here. You have an anointing. You have it. And the only way you need to get it is to receive Jesus into your life, which means you have it. God grows our anointing. He has different anointings for different seasons of our life. But whatever he has put in front of you, you have the anointing to go do it. If he has put fatherhood and motherhood in front of you, the anointing is on the inside of you to be able to do that. Because what the anointing means, the special endowment, it really means this, the ability to do what you cannot do in your own power. The anointing is the ability to do what you could not do in your own power. How many of you, when you start talking to somebody, and you begin to say something that you have no idea where that came from, right? You did one of those, who said that? That's the anointing of God in you, ministering life to that other person. It wasn't planned, it wasn't premeditated, it wasn't like you wrote it all down, it just happened because it was the anointing of God on the inside of you, ready to minister to whatever he has placed in front of you. The ability to do what you cannot do in your own power. It is a favor with which one receives without any merit of his own. Oh, no, Thank you, Jesus. Like, you can't walk out of here and say, You know what? I'm gonna go earn the anointing. Like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm just gonna get some oil. I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to Giant Eagle or Wagman's. I'm gonna get some olive oil. I'm gonna start anointing myself with all this oil because you know what? I'm gonna be anointed. No, what the Lord said, the Bible said, you are anointed. You have the anointing. You already have everything you need for life and godliness on the inside of you. And we have to remember that no matter the storms, no matter the trials, no matter the situations that we're faced with. And we're faced with them. That doesn't mean that God has left us. It doesn't mean that God has forsaken us. What the Bible's saying here is that you actually have everything you need for the situation in which you're in. I don't feel it. That's okay. I don't feel it a lot either. That's right. But the word says it, and so I'm going to believe it. And I'm going to walk in it. And I'm going to remember it. And when I feel a certain way, like I don't have the anointing, I'm going to go back and read the scripture and so say, you know what? It says, I have it. I have the anointing. The power to do what I cannot do in my own strength. We were talking about this with some friends we, we met. Like, what happens up here when, I, when I'm preaching this is not me, honestly. Like, this is not the person you, may, Liz will say this all the time. You are not the, when you are up on stage, it is not the person that I married. But there's an anointing for what God has asked me to do. There's an anointing what God has asked you to do, an anointing for you, an anointing for you, an anointing for you to do whatever he has asked you to go do. I'm only able to do this because of the anointing. So we have an anointing. Let's look at this next part. I absolutely love it. And you know all things. You know all things. like, no, I don't. No, you do. No, I don't. No, you do. And I had this thing. Pastor Jim, our founding pastor, would always, I I said this at one time in a message many years ago. I I guess I said it because it was impactful to him. I said, I am going to stop saying the phrase, I don't know. And I said, every time I say it, I'm going to slap myself in the face. Rubber or rubber band you on, on, on the wrist. And he remembered that. And I was, as I was preparing for this, wait a second. The scripture says what? It says you have the anointing from the holy and you know all things. It doesn't say you know some of the things. It says you know all of the things. Everything that you need to know, God will bring to your remembrance when we're in him. You're like, wait a second. That means you cannot say, I don't know anymore. I'm sorry. Yep. You're like, oh, come on. It's my favorite phrase. You can't say it. Now, in reality, our minds... Sometimes it takes a little bit of time for the spirit man who does know all things because it's connected with the Holy Spirit of God who knows absolutely everything. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time to go from here to here. And so you can use a phrase like, well, I don't know yet. Or I will know soon. But we need to stop saying the words, I don't know. Because the Bible never says to say the words, I don't know. The Bible tells me that we know everything that we need to know. So, so what are you saying, Pastor Jason? You're saying that on the inside, because of the Holy Spirit that resides on the inside of me, I know what to do in my marriage? If you go looking for it, he's going to tell you what to do. It's there. Your spirit knows what to go do. You say, well, what about parenting? I can't- I just can't raise this child, I can't do it, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. We have to stop saying I can't do it. I don't know, I don't know how to do it. Yes, you do know how to do it. We have to seek the one who knows all things. And when we seek that one who knows all things, and our spirits are connected with God who knows all things, we then in turn, guess what? We know all things. And we can make wise decisions, I mean, guys, too often, you know, we'll talk to somebody from a counseling perspective or whatever, and they'll say, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And we say, well, are you reading the word of God? And they'll say, well, no. Well, every answer that we need for life and godliness resides right here in the written word of God, which speaks to our spirit, man, and is able to give us answers for all things. So if you're not here reading this, what do you want me to say to you? You see that we have all that we need on the inside of us. We have all that we need because of the Word of God that's sitting right in front of us. We have to stop saying, I don't know. Let's look at this. In John 14, 26 says this. But the Helper, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you what? All things. All things. The Holy Spirit is a teacher of all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. All things. You say, like what? Well, all things. What to do in parenting. What to do with marriages. What to do with friendships. What to do in your business. Everything. Yeah, how to take care of yourself physically. All things. He has the answer to. And can I, just, can I just say something about the Western church, which would be us? I think too often the Western church looks to this for the answers. Well, on Sunday morning, I'm going to get my answers that I need. And if pastor will just preach that one message that I just need to hear and will change my life forever. It doesn't say that the pastor will teach you all things. Look, I got nothing against five-fold ministry, pastors and teachers, apostles, prophets. I believe that is real. I believe that's for this day. But I think we've placed too much of an emphasis that those people who sit in those offices will answer all of my questions. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says they will help. You can build your faith by hearing the word of God. And yes, there are teachers that can help us. But it says, no, you, based on the Holy Spirit, can know all things as you dig into the word of God. As you align your spirit with his spirit, you have the ability to do it. And and I say the Western church because it's like, well, I'm going to go to church. There are churches in Iran led by women who just got saved, who don't even have a Bible, who are preaching the gospel and reaching those for Jesus Christ and transforming lives. They don't have a building. They don't have a Sunday morning. They don't have YouTube to go look at it. the coolest preacher in the tight pants to be able to wow me with all the great examples that they have. It's, they don't have access to that. It's shut down. But they know if they dig into the word of God and they pray and they worship, even in the dark in the basement, God is there and God is with them. And we too have to have that mentality. We are blessed to be in this country. We are blessed to show up here on a Sunday morning. All of this is a blessing, and I don't want to diminish it, but we cannot sit here and say, this is the only food that I'm going to get. This is the only meal, the only appetite. I'm, going to get. I'm just going to come on Sunday morning, and oh, I hope Jason and Liz have something good for me today. If that's your hope, God help you. <laughs> Literally, God help y'all. We have, it says, we get to know all things—the Spirit on the inside of us, the Word of God on the right in front of us. We have access for this stuff right in front of us. So we have to stop saying we don't know because we can know. Amen. Okay, I'm going to give you five S words on how. So this is great. Thank you, Pastor Jason, for all this great stuff. But how do I go do it? Right, like you want to leave with the how. I'm going to give you the how. How many have heard ever heard of the word or like the phrase 5S when it comes to like, you know, in business or in manufacturing or anything like that? Okay, so I got some explaining to do. I only got two hands up. Okay, so 5S, this is what 5S is. And when I was preparing for this message and I was thinking about how do we connect our spirit with God's spirit, and understand to be able to know all things that we need to know for life and godliness. What do we go do? How do we do this? And he reminded me of this concept of 5S. It's five words. They all start with S. But the intention of what 5S is, and listen to this, it is taking a workspace, taking an area, and basically decluttering all the stuff that is causing distractions that are in that area. And the the goal is for you to be able to do the job you need to go do without distractions. Without anything that is unnecessary in your way. And it's this lean technique. It came from probably Japan or something. And I'm going to change what the words mean, but I'm going to use the same five words so that if you ever have to remember, like, how do I, how, Lord... Remind me, he'll remind you who just 5s. So just Google 5s and remember what Pastor Jason said about how to align my spirit with God's spirit. Here we go. Oh, here's the interesting thing. Do you know the number one benefit of when we 5s an area is safety? It means you don't trip over stuff, you don't overexert yourself using the wrong tool that you are supposed to do for a certain job. Think about that. So we're going to do a little 5S cleanup in our lives here this morning. You ready for this? Some 5S cleanup. Ready? The first, are you all ready? Like, come on, give me an S. Give me one of the S's. It's like 20 minutes of 12, he hasn't even said one of the S's. The first one is sort. Sort. You got to write these down, or you can Google it later, 5S. Sort. Here's what sorting means. In the, in the definition of lean, I'm going to tell you what it means from our spiritual lives. Distinguishing between necessary and unnecessary things. And then to get rid of what we don't need. Come on, guys. You want to have a connection with the Holy Spirit and our spirit connected with God's spirit? You have to get rid of the unnecessary things in your life. And part, listen to this, part of this, this process of 5S is you actually have to walk around and put a tag, a red tag on it. Like, mm, I don't want that anymore in this workspace. You get another red tag, you say, mm, I don't want that anymore. Right now, I want you to think about what are the things in your life that are distracting you from the things of God that you have to put a red tag on? What are you going to red tag right now in your life? What is it? Maybe it's just flat out Netflix, whatever it is. What is the Holy Spirit asking you to red tag? You've got to sort some stuff out of your life. Because if you have all this input coming at you, it makes it a lot harder to hear what God is saying in your life. We have to remove the clutter. Proverbs 1 says this. Proverbs 1 and verse 20 says this. Wisdom calls aloud. Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. Which means if you need wisdom in a situation, if there is too much happening at the intersection, there are too many horns a-blaring, too much of music a-playing, and too much stuff going on, wisdom is actually shouting at you. And you still can't hear it. Which means if you begin to remove the distractions, start red-tagging the stuff that's in your life that is causing you to not be able to hear from God, wisdom's yelling the answers are there. They're available to us. Okay, the second, so we're going to sort some stuff. Come on, some of you guys are sorting right now in your minds. That's okay. This is, a, this is like a work in, work in process. I'm going to use all the buzzword business terms. I spent enough years in business, we can do some business. This is a work in process. we got whip going on right here, okay? Second S, straighten. Straighten. Sort. And then straighten. Straighten means it's the practice of orderly storage. So that the right item can be picked out efficiently. Easy access for the things that you need. What does that mean for us? What does straighten means? It means let's find our chair to spend some time with the Lord in. Let's find the time where we will carve it out and make it the most important thing. Let's get our lives straightened out according to the Word of God. If something is not in line with the Word of God in your life, then you need to begin to ask and pray, Lord, how do I align this to straighten up my life with what the Word of God says? How do I get it straightened? Some of us may need to create routines, some of us may need to just do something different in our time with the Lord. Some of you need to start a habit. Whatever it is, we have to standardize in our life, being able to hear from. We want to hear from God. you got to get rid of the distractions, and you got to begin to find what we call your chair. Where's your chair? I know where my chair is in my house. It's my couch. It's dark blue. It's in the living room. I have to replace periodically the cushion or move it around because it's the only seat that I sit in, and it starts to sink lower and lower and lower. That's my chair. Where's your chair? Where's your chair with your time with the Lord? The third S, shine. We got to sort, we got to straighten, and then we have to shine. What shine is from the lean perspective is to create a clean work site without garbage, dirt, or dust. So problems can be more easily identified. What does that mean from our spiritual life? We need to repent. We need to just get rid of the stuff in our life. We need to repent. And the word repent means to turn away from it. Not just confess it, but it's time to turn away from it. There are things in our lives where we have to, the Lord does the shining, not not us. All we gotta do is the repenting. Lord, I'm bringing this to you. Because so many times in our life, where we feel like we're not hearing from God, and you said, Pastor Jason, I get to know all things, but I feel like I don't know all things, it's because there are sin in our life that we just need to get it out of there. We call them like blessing blockers. There are things in our life that we just need to say, all right, Lord, I'm done with this, I'm repenting of this, I'm turning away from it. It's easy to say, it's hard to do. We should do a whole message on, you know, what repentance really means and what it looks like. But if we want to be hearing from God, we want to have this interaction with the Lord to know all things, then this is a part of it. We need to ask the Lord for forgiveness of certain things in our life. The next S is this, standardize. Standardize. It's so a setting up standards for a neat and clean workspace. To me, standardize is saying, you know what, Lord? I will receive and believe the standard of the word of God in my life. We have to stand and believe on the standard. This is our standard. This is our standard. We want to hear from God, then we need to be reading God's word. We need to believe that this is the standard that he has for us. This is it. Then the last one is this. It's called sustain. Sustain. Sort, straighten, shine, standardize, and sustain. Sustain is this implementing behaviors and habits to maintain the established standards over the long term. And what I believe this one is in my own personal life for you guys is praying in the Holy Spirit. Because what praying in the Holy Spirit does, as the Bible says, is it exhorts, it edifies, And at the end of the day, you are saying and speaking in the spiritual realm exactly what is needed. So you can't say, I don't know, and then pray in the spirit at the same time. Because what you are praying is actually what needs to be said. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the sustaining portion of our life. We've got the word of God, we've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, but when we speak in our spiritual language and we pray in that spiritual language, the edification, the exhortation for us personally allows us to hear more clearly from God in what he wants us to go do. Sid, if you want to come up here, if you're doing keys for us as we close. Some of you say, well, you know, I feel like I'm doing a lot of these things, but I still have a situation that I feel like God hasn't spoke to me or isn't speaking to me, and I need input from him. I would ask you this, what is the last thing he told you to go do, and have you done it? Too often, we want to hear from God, and we want to know all things that we need to know, and then he tells us what we need to go do, and then we don't do it. And we say, okay, now I need to know what to do over here. And sometimes God's like, whoa, 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 back up. I've already told you what to do in this situation. You just haven't done it yet. Oh, that's too hard. I I don't want to go ask for forgiveness. You know, I took offense at that thing, and I really don't want to go talk to that person. Yet there are things happening in our lives, we have a relationship that's broken, and he's speaking to us and telling us how to resolve that relationship, and we won't do it, because it's hard. But the Bible says that he gives us strength, and he is there with us, and he's just asking you to take the next step, and to say, you know what, I do know, I do know what to do in this situation. I may not know exactly right now, but I will know what to do in this situation. Bow your heads this morning with me. If you're here this morning and you have a situation in your life, every head is bowed, everyone's eyes are closed, that you need God's wisdom on what to do In that situation, whether it's a relationship, school, business, finances, whatever. I just want you to raise your hand up this morning. Come on. Hands up all over the place. Just keep them up. I want to pray with you this morning. Father, your word says that wisdom is crying out at the intersection which means the wisdom for this situation is available to us. And Father, I thank you now that those who believe in you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And because we do, we have access to know all things that we need to know for this situation that we're facing. Father, I ask now that you, you're always speaking, Lord, But, Lord, that you just, as you continue to speak, that our ears will be open, our hearts will be open, our eyes will be open to how you're moving, how you're leading. Speak to us this morning, Lord, on that next step. Lord, remind us to stop saying that I don't know, that that is a confession in our lives no more. We do know. We will know. We thank you for it. Father, we receive your wisdom this morning. Father, help us to remove the clutter, the interferences that we have in our lives. Help us to sort them out, Lord. Help us to red-tag the things that need red-tagged. Father, help us to align our words with your word. That the things that we speak and declare out of our mouths will be aligned with your holy word. Father, you will strengthen us to make a habit of digging into your word and seeking you and your wisdom and your counsel for all things that we need. And Father, I just... Lord, remind us to pray in the Spirit. Because there are many times where we have no idea what to say or what to do or where to turn. And maybe the Bible doesn't have a specific answer to our specific situation. But Lord, you know every answer. We have access to every answer that we need. So Father, we just we're reminded to speak and to pray in our spiritual language we thank you for it in your precious name we pray amen 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 honey you want to come up
0: okay so I have a little testimony a little story just to bring this all home Um, when we were living in the mobile home we, we lived in a big house and we sold that big house and we moved in the mobile home When we did that, we we moved in there with four children, and while we lived there, we moved to seven children. And so at that time, we had a storage unit, and the storage unit had just all kinds of the stuff that wouldn't fit into our house, and um, we're not pack rats or keepers, you know, we we very much do all these things. Um, We sort things, we get rid of stuff, but big family, you know, we had stuff. So that storage unit was always a mess. And it bothered me. And I would go there. Whenever I would have to go there, he'd always look at me and be like, are you going to be okay? Because it physically represented. It was a physical representation of kind of that time in our life. It was messier than we wanted it to be. We were holding on to too much and not letting go of things as much as we should. And I couldn't get control over it. It was, it was a mess. And I would go. Whenever I would have to go to the storage unit to get something, uh, there would be instant condemnation, hopelessness, overwhelm, like I can't, I can't contain, like I can't, I don't have the time to go through it. I can't get rid of half of it. You know, I, it just felt very hopeless. So the one day, me and my oldest daughter went to the storage unit, and I had like an hour and a half. I didn't have a lot of time. And I opened it up, and we were going there to get something, but also maybe to spend a little time trying to tidy it up. And I remember standing there, and we must have had I'm, we must have um i must have heard this teaching or something like it recently and i just stood there and i was like there all that was condemnation there it is hopelessness there it is um overwhelm i mean it was just all there all the usual things and in that moment by the grace of god i said not out loud but in me i said no to all of those things and out loud i said heavenly father you know all things And you know what I should do here and what I should not do here. You know what to move where, what to put my hands on, and how to tidy this up in the hour that I have. It is impossible. It is an impossible task, and I don't know where to start. But you know, and I know because you know. Holy Spirit, give me wisdom now in Jesus' name. That is honest to goodness the prayer I prayed out loud. And then I just began to move. I just began to lay my hands on things and open boxes and... It was almost, you you preach on the loaves and fishes, how it happened, it's not like a massive pile of fish appeared, it it happened in the process. So as I began moving, just supernatural wisdom began flowing, and I began walking in it, and I began doing things. Now, what did this feel like? What did this sound? It just felt like my own self, like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. But there was a certainty in my steps, and when the hour and a half had passed, what what? I had accomplished was amazing, amazing, because it was not in my own power. It's just one of, it's just, it's just a testimony of one of the times that I was able to stand on the word and then open my mouth to call it forth and then put action to it and then step back. It was all very quick. It was a small problem. An hour and a half later, honest to you, he, I think you came by and you were just like, whoa, how, in the world, how long have you guys been here? I was like an hour. I was like, No way. It was supernatural. And, um, and I hold on to that. I wish I could tell you that it made it easier the next time to do it. And it did because I have that. I have yeah. that success, but I don't, I don't always do it. I don't always do it. I don't always do it, but part of standing on this mm. part of knowing all things is first saying no yeah. to, to all the thieves, the right. condemnation, right. helplessness, hopelessness, fear all of those things. Mm. They're thieves, right. they come to steal the knowledge, mm. they come to deafen our ears to the wisdom, they come to blind our eyes to the truth, That's right. and in every moment. Jesus is there to open your eyes, unstop your ears. Amen. That we might stand. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, we're going to close here. We got some prayer teams that'll be up front. I want to invite you up here if you have prayer for anything you need in your life. One, maybe you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you've walked away from Him and you say, you know what? The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to come up here, have someone pray with you, and your life will be changed, radically changed forevermore. Maybe you need prayer for your marriage. Maybe you need a prayer for healing, some type of healing in your life or in your body, emotional, physical. We've got teams up here that will pray with you. Or maybe you say, well, I don't understand totally this, this praying in the spirit. What does this mean? They can pray with you as well. They can talk to you about it so you can understand what that is, what that looks like. It's a whole other message we're not doing this morning. But I encourage you, if you've got questions, we're here to answer them. Amen? Amen.
0: I have one more thing to say. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just going to do it anyway. Do it. Don't be a super fan. That's what I'm going to tell you. You talked, about, um, you talked about the tight pants and the preachers oh, yeah. and, and looking to others to feed you the word of God. And the Lord spoke this to me, to us, mm. years ago. Don't be a super fan of any man on this earth. Amen. I'm a super fan of Jason Ackerman, but only because he's my husband. Oh. But I know. Okay. Don't be a super fan because he's just a man, because they're just men That's right. and women. That's right. It's not our job to judge them; it's to pray for them. Mm. But they, what we do, we we make ourselves super fans of this preacher or that preacher or that preacher, and then suddenly mm. their human frailty comes out, mm. and we're devastated, and damage is done to our level of trust in in the Lord, and that's he's not Jesus. Thank it took you, me a Lord. while to know that Thank he's you, not Lord. Jesus. So that's just something, as you were preaching, I really wanted to tell y'all, don't be a super fan, because whether it's Papa Hagen, or Ravi Zacharias, or Stephen Furtick, or whoever, I could just go on and on and on. These are just men seeking the Lord, and walking things out, and getting revelation, and doing what's in front of them to do, and seeking to honor God, and falling big time, and we are their brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm. Cover them in prayer. Mm. <laughs> Do battle for them in prayer. Mm. Yeah. Because they need it. That's right. But don't be a super fan of any but the Lord Jesus and his word. Super Amen. fan of Good this word. and this alone. Good word. Okay, Good now word. you can give us okay. a
1: benediction. stand with me. We're going to say this benediction. And then prayer teams will be up front if you need prayer. We'll be dismissed then. It's out of 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Just received this here this morning. It says this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. 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 You are dismissed. See you tonight.